A reading from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel according to Luke. I'll be beginning with verse 32. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanging there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it would never happen in here, but in some churches when the pastor makes them sing a short hymn, they'll go home and call their friends. You said, you know that preacher made us sing that hymn twice so we would take up more time. Did y'all know that some churches do that? That's not why I had you sing it twice. My hope is that the melody will stick somehow in your brain or your heart or somewhere. That somehow during this week you might find yourself singing majesty, worship His majesty. That somehow it might stick in your heart that Jesus is who the criminal says He is. You hear that? Now literalism will get us in trouble here. And that's okay. One of my favorite comics is a literalist. He said this. He said, 24-hour banking? I don't have time for that. (laughs) Man, I'm glad y'all got that one. That's good, isn't it? (laughs) He said, I live on a one-way dead-end street. I have no idea how I got here. His name is Stephen Wright. If you've never watched him, you can Google him and watch him. He's really good. He's pretty funny. He's not nasty like most of the other comedians today. But literalism can get us in trouble. I want to read to you verse 43, just literally straight from the New Testament Greek. I'm not going to read to you the New Testament Greek because that would be boring, but this could be almost as bad. This, as a matter of fact, this is one of the most contested translations that I know of in Luke. Every time, you know, I've talked about this verse with somebody else, we always come back to the issue of today. It's, it's there. Here, here we go. You ready? This is what the thief said to Jesus in Greek, but translated literally into English. I know y'all are just waiting on me to say it, but I'm clearing up my own mind here. 
Then he said to him, Truly to you I say today with me you will be in paradise. Doesn't sound like what we read a minute ago, does it? You see, in New Testament Greek, there's no word order. But people will use this verse worried about heaven, right? If I go straight to heaven when I die or not. And really, it's not what Jesus is telling the guy. How do we know that? Because in, remember in John, when Jesus is raised from the dead, he tells Mary, do not hold on to me. I've not yet ascended to the Father. Remember that? So this verse can't mean that Jesus and the thief went to heaven that day. If you're just going to do like Bible on Bible and interpret the Bible with the Bible. Now, some people say don't do that. Just take Luke at his word. But I'm one of them people that believes we read Scripture with Scripture. That's just me. In Peter, 1 Peter, Peter says one of the most strange things that's in the Bible, other than what we talked about in Sunday school a couple weeks ago when somebody, some kids cursed Elisha and bears ate, him, ate them kids. Y'all remember that? You're like, why is that in the Bible? I have no idea. But likewise... Um, Peter said that, that when Jesus passed, when Jesus died, that he was made alive in the Spirit and he went and preached to those who were in prison in the days of, from the days of Noah. So what in the world could this verse mean then? Right? Because over and over and over we might use it as a proof text to say, see, Jesus is saying to the thief that right now, this day out, you're going to be with me in paradise. What do we do with that? Well, Jesus said it, so there must be some truth in it. I'm going to offer that. Everybody agree with that? Can we get there first? Because Jesus is who? Say it like you're excited about it. Jesus is who? King. So would our king lie to us? Would a king who would die for us lie to us? Would a king who would die for us, could we trust his promises, you think? I think so. I think so. So I think that really maybe, maybe the ambiguity is there on purpose. Maybe it's there on purpose. Have you ever had your mama say, I'm telling you right now, boy? Y'all ever heard that? I've heard that. I can hear that in my mama's voice. One of my mama's other favorite things, I almost let it out, but I can't say that. When she would get mad at me, she would say the S word three times in a row real fast. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't think that was my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you right now, Jesus is saying, you will be with me in the kingdom. Right? Do you hear it? I think that's what he's saying. I tell you right now, when I, I you will be with me in my kingdom. What, what more do we need than that, honestly? I mean, is that not the most beautiful promise ever given? To me it is. You see, there was this time when Jesus was taken to the temple. Y'all remember who took him to tempt him? Who was it? Jeff, Jeff knows. Who was it, Jeff? The devil. Is the devil our friend? No. His name means accuser. Hasatan in Hebrew means accuser. He was the one who accused men. Remember, he accused Job before God. So he accuses us. He loves to tell us how horrible we are and make us think that somehow this Jesus who is king won't remember us. Oh, he'll remember that thief, but he won't remember you, David. Because you did that thing. You ever had those thoughts in your head? How could Jesus forgive me? That same, that same tempter took Jesus to the temple and he offered him the kingdoms of the world. Remember that? If he would bow down and worship him. And, all, and one of the cool things that happens there, at least I think it's cool, is the devil told Jesus, or at least Luke says, 
that the devil decided he would return at a more opportune time. Remember that? Let me ask you. When you're being mocked by soldiers who've driven nails in your hand, when you're bleeding out from the wounds on your back, when your eyes hurt because you're too weak to keep them closed, when your whole body is wrenching with pain from simply trying to breathe, wouldn't you be tempted if you were able to come down off the cross and save yourself? He's the Son of God. I've heard people say before that love held Him to the cross, not nails, and I believe that. I believe that. Love held him to the cross. I believe that if he had wanted to defy God's will and come down from that cross, he could have come down and walked away. He could have healed himself like he healed others. And I don't know if that's a good belief or not. Some better theologian with me might say, well, you know, you're confusing this divine and human natures, but right now I don't care. I'm speaking to you from my heart and my emotions. I see him hanging there and choosing to stay there though he was being tempted all around by the devil yet again, to come down from the cross and have a kingdom on the devil's terms, on the religious leader's terms, on the other thief's terms. But thief number two got it right. You see, thief number two saw Jesus and how he died. He saw a man who had been nailed to a tree. Forgive the men who nailed him there. He saw them laugh at him for saying he was a king. He saw them mock him for saying he was a king. And then he saw Jesus act like a king should act. And forgive the people who nailed him there. To put his people first. And that thief was so moved by that that he knew without question that Jesus is king. Do you see that? That's what this story is really about. It's not a proof text for dying and going to heaven, it's a proof text for how we know Jesus is king because of how he died. And a man who was actually guilty of the insurrection that Jesus was accused of looked at Jesus and saw Him for who He was. And that man decided that day to get his life right and come down from the cross and come to church every week. And never sin again and do everything right and do everything in His power to make Him as good a person as He possibly could so that He could be included in Jesus' kingdom. Wait a minute, I got that wrong, didn't I? He didn't do any of that, did he? He didn't have a chance. Because that afternoon, they came by and broke his legs. Remember? Because the bodies couldn't hang on the Sabbath. And so they came by and broke his legs so that he would die faster. But Jesus was already dead. 
He didn't have a chance to come down and make himself acceptable to God. He didn't have a chance to come down and make himself right with God. He didn't have a chance to come down and make a decision for Jesus. He didn't have a chance to do any of that silliness that we put out before other people and tell them they have to do so that Jesus will accept them. All he did is say, Jesus, remember me. Do you see that? That's grace. Because what did Jesus say? Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that powerful? Think about all those times in your life when you've thought to yourself, I'm a good person, I'll go to heaven. Or I'm a good person, God loves me. I'm a good person, I'll do this. I want you to know today that being a good person doesn't matter. What matters is asking Christ to remember you. That's it. Believing that He's the King He says He is. Asking Him to remember you when He comes into His kingdom. Now dear ones, we are Christ's kingdom now. And all who are baptized and believe in Him have entered that kingdom. Here on earth we call it the church. It's the visible kingdom. The militant church we call it. The church that's active in the world, living in such a way that other people see us and say, their Lord must be King. They live like Jesus, forgiving those who persecute them. You see the connection? Think about the prayer He taught them in this book. Forgive others as you have been forgiven. And then He does it in front of them and the thief knows that He is King. What is the good news? What is the gospel? The gospel can't possibly be that you must save yourself. The gospel can't possibly be that you have to get your act together to be acceptable to God because if you could get your act together to be acceptable to God, there would be no need for Jesus. Do you hear that? If it were possible for us human beings to be perfectly presentable to Almighty God, we wouldn't need Jesus. And this world would be all that there ever would need to be. But the thief knew in his heart who he was. Did you hear what he said to the other man? We are being given what we deserve. They're being put to death for threatening the power of Rome. And beside him, watching Jesus... How he died, he knew that this one truly was king. A king who would remember him when he comes into his kingdom. This is a good thing for us to be reminded of. Because all too often we can get trapped into thinking that Christianity is a system of rules that gets us into heaven and it's just not. It's not a playlist of things that God doesn't want us to do. It's the good news that God can save us and make us something we can never make ourselves to be. Which is holy and perfect and righteous and able to love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. To be not just the best version of us that we can be, but to be like Christ. To be like our King. The thief saw that. 
And all he had to do was say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Whatever else you do with today, whatever else you do with this week, would you consider this one thing? In the midst of it. Whether it's in a quiet time today, at the end of this service, while we sing the hymn, if you want to come here and pray, whenever it might be. Whether it's on your way to school as you sit in your chair at home, by a loved one's bed, wherever it is, wherever you go from here this week, Will you let the words, Jesus, remember me, flood your heart? Let those words be part of your life this week. So that you can truly come to grips with the idea that He is saving you out of His own grace and goodness. And not for anything that you can do or ever be. A simple prayer. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I have no doubt that Jesus' words to the thief will be Jesus' words to you. That Jesus' words to this potential murderer, this insurrectionist, this criminal... That Jesus' words to him are the same words that Jesus will speak to you. Truly, you will be with me. That's good news, dear ones. Trust it. And think on it this week as you were sent into the world to be his people. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.